Hey, Chicago, what do you say? This is the CHGO Cubs podcast. Uh, and the good news is it's another day of the offseason, which means there's more, more reason for delusional thoughts. And someone in the chat is already asking, who are we trading today? Uh, so just more, more reason for us to talk about the potential of the 2024 Chicago Cubs. Cody Del Mendo, Ryan Herrera, no Luke Stuckmeyer today. Uh, going through some, uh, he's got a family issue today, so that's why he's not here. Uh, so I'm stepping in. I'm going to try and be uh, Luke Stuckmeyer once again. Uh, Niren is asking Ryan, did you get the virus? And do you feel, do you still feel okay after yesterday's events at the GM meetings? I feel, I feel fine. No, no toilet trips. No, for either reason, you know, on either side. So I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Awesome. The weather looks great. I, I gotta say the sun is out today. We have the CHO bears tailgate uh this afternoon for thursday night football i'm going to head over there after we do our show uh and i'm excited that at least it seems like there's going to be decent weather so good for us both having decent weather i guess um on this thursday so i don't know where exactly to start because i wasn't planning to run this show but it's the last day of the gm meetings correct Yes, it is the last day of the GM meetings. So I, I guess we could just start with like our overall takeaways from it. Um, yeah. Obviously, some more rumors have come out today, and we'll we'll talk about those. But I guess for you, Ryan, since you're there, um, to this point, what has been your biggest takeaway for the Cubs uh, and how they've, I guess, kind of put themselves? It seems like they're in a lot of rumors here at the GM GM meetings. And that's not something I feel like we can, we could say these last few years. Yeah. Well, I, I think when I look at it and having talked to Jed uh, the last couple of days and it, it, I don't get the impression that his goal is to win the off season, so to speak, like so, like outbid every team for every top free agent kind of thing. Like, I mean, no one does that anyway, but I definitely don't get any, go get the impression that he's looking to throw out, like Steve Cohen type money for mm-hmm. to to improve this roster, but I do like you know he we we've talked about it with the Craig Thompson thing like he made a move, uh, he made a move geared at improving this roster in an area that he felt could be improved a, a major move he made a major move to improve a roster in an area that he thought could be improved. I don't think he's I don't think that's going to be the end of it right. Anyone that's talking mm-hmm. about the the Jed Hoyer, Tom Ricketts, cheap, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't see that being the end of what Jed Hoyer does this offseason because I don't see them running it back next year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. if they, if their biggest move is hiring Craig Council and they run it back with mostly the same roster next season, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many wins Craig Council gets them. You yeah. know, from from this season to next season. So, I don't see the Cubs running it back with the same group next year. I do see. Jed Hoyer making improvements to the roster, whether that's, you know, through trades or free agents. And again, he, I wrote about this last night, but he did, he obviously he did not commit to giving out big money, but he also did not, you know, like say that he wasn't going to do that. Right. He said, we, he's like, the, the plan isn't to have the biggest and most aggressive and boldest off season. But if it does, that's because things lined up the right way and the right moves became like clear mm-hmm. Um, and they were able to get those done. So um, right. I don't like I, 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 like to sum it all up. I don't expect the Cubs to just throw all their chips in and go all in this offseason. But I do expect mm-hmm. um, big improvements to the roster on top of the Craig Council sign. Yeah, that's I mean, that should be exciting for everyone watching in the YouTube chat. Uh, and also it excites me because I've been dreaming the last couple of days. I watched the entire uh video that we put up on the CHO Sports YouTube channel of Jed Hoyer talking yesterday about 30 minutes talking about all kinds of dudes that he was being asked about whether they're free agents or um guys that are on the roster uh yesterday we talked a lot about Morell and how he's going to play first base in the in winter ball um he had a lot to say about that so I highly recommend checking out that video on our YouTube channel on top of Ryan's article at all CHO Com. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Big of me. Credit to me. Uh, it was, that's very Luke Stuckmeyer of me to do. Uh, so 
I guess for me, the biggest takeaway I kind of hinted at is just it is exciting to see the Cubs in a lot of rumors. And one of them, mm-hmm. you know, came out today. Uh, John Heyman uh, was he was doing like some live uh, bit on for like Bleacher Report. I, I don't I don't know. I, I on their app or something. And he was talking about the off season and like got like rumors he's heard and he linked uh, Yamamoto to the Cubs. I didn't get to watch it. I just saw the, like everyone talking about it on Cubs Twitter. Um, so I don't know exactly what he said, um, but I do. I'm not necessarily surprised to see that that is that they're linked to a guy like him. We know that Jed Hoyer went and scouted him uh, during the season, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, Ryan. Um, but with Stroman opting out, that opens up a rotation spot. And, you know, he's uh, highly touted. And I don't know what his market's going to be. But once that posting, his posting uh, passes or however you want to call it, um, and the and the Cubs can make an offer. I'm intrigued to see where that market goes, and I just think he would be a great addition to this rotation in terms of things that I've been wanting in terms of a top tier, top uh, top of the rotation arm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, with with Yamamoto, like we've we've seen it right he's like he's going to be there's gonna be a huge bidding war for him right like that's yeah. it's not gonna be easy to bring in yamamoto and there's gonna be a lot of teams that are disappointed because only one team can can have him right um but as far as being linked to him and i think this goes for the cubs and, and any big free agent like i i would expect the links to happen because again like i said like i expect jed hoyer to make some bigger moves it's not going to be it may not be again the the biggest and boldest offseason uh, in, in all of baseball, but I do see him making some big additions to this group. And if that's Yamamoto, that's great. You mentioned Marcus Stroman. Obviously, he opted out over the weekend, and not only does that open up a, a, a starting rotation spot, but it also opens up twenty one million dollars of money that they could that they could use. That's, that's that's financial flexibility, which we've heard Jed Hoyer talk the past couple off seasons about having that financial flexibility he back then he was talking about intelligent spending he's not really saying those words anymore um but he still values financial flexibility um and yeah stroman opting out gives him that whether that leads to yamamoto coming to chicago or not remains to be seen but uh they have put themselves in position where again for yamamoto and any big big realistic free agent like they've put themselves in position through um you know improvements to the club um you know getting another manager, a, a new manager in Craig Council and having or, or creating the kind of financial flexibility that they have now. But they've put themselves in position to be in on a lot of those free agents. So to see them be linked to Yamamoto doesn't surprise me at all if that's who they you know, envision being a part of this rotation. Yeah, the YouTube chat's going pretty crazy about the Yamamoto stuff. Craig saying, I really hope the Cubs sign him. Uh, Trevor D says that he did watch the thing that Heyman did said that he said they're set to be aggressive and link them to Otani, Yamamoto, Bellinger and to do possible trades which we pretty much have known that in general so uh, I just again I hadn't really heard anything about Yamamoto in general until today in terms of the Cubs being you know interested outside of the fact that I knew that or we knew that Jed Hoyer went and went to Japan and, and watched him. But um, yeah, no, with, with Stroman opting out, it, it opens up that spot. And I just think that it kind of makes a lot of sense. And I do think for hit for him specifically, it makes a lot of sense with say Suzuki already on the team. And so there'll be some familiarity for him when he comes over from Japan. And, you know, we watched with Seiya here in his first year in Chicago, the ups and downs that he had. And, you know, he did that all on his own. Uh, he had to adjust to Chicago, the Midwest, America on his own. And uh, perhaps maybe with Seiya here for someone like him, Yamamoto I'm talking about, uh, maybe that maybe he's thinking about how that transition might be easier with having a familiar face around. Um, that's just kind of the way I look at it in terms of, you know, those those things you can't measure. Yeah, I will. We'll see how this all plays out. But I, I think, um, you know, like I said, the Cubs are going to be in on a lot of these guys. And 
who knows how long that process is going to take for Yamamoto specifically, right? Like, uh, I know Seiya was a different um, was a different time because of the whole lockout, and he couldn't sign till after spring training, or pretty much after spring training started. But like, who knows yeah. how long that would have taken had it been a regular off season, right? So, um, I saw someone in the chat or someone say something somewhere yesterday that like like the NFL and the NBA sign all their best free agents right away. And MLB I think that's Godfather. <laughs> yeah, it might have been the Godfather. And there's like, and then MLB waits months. I'm like, that's so very true. Cause like, I get a feeling some of these guys are going to, it's going to be a while till we see, truly see how their market plays out. And then even longer till we see, you know, yeah, who actually gets it. The, the only thing that I'll push back a little bit on that is that at least last off season, we finally got to see mo- like moves be, made in like november and december sure it's not like we were going into february and the cubs still hadn't made a move like we kind of saw before you know the last you know handful of years before last off season so um i know the collective bargaining agreement and all that had a lot to do with that but mm-hmm. um you know i i envision you know the rest of this month in december to be a very uh you know anxiety ridden time and if you're a cubs fan just riding the roller coaster of all these rumors and stuff so um we'll see but i i in 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 general yes i agree i wish they would all just sign on day one and we could just like just have the uh, an incredible high or just be really really sad all at once i I don't have to like ride it all out you know what i mean (laughs) yeah it would be great right if if we already knew the cubs were signing it'd be really nice to be make make things a lot easier yeah, that's not how baseball would, works. Would be a would be nice to be able to just start projecting. All right, are we going 162 and 0 or not? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, now another guy, and you know, we're talking about Yamamoto. Uh, I have to bring it up, and I'm I feel bad because Luke is not here, and he's been he's oh. been spewing Otani like for not even just this year, but last year too. Like Otani was linked to the Cubs again today. Yesterday it was uh, Bob Nightingale. Today, Mark Feinstein from MLB.com linked Otani to the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess he did like – it was a, in his article on MLB.com, he did a poll with like 14 executives. Um, yeah. I have it written down here. Um, this is what he said. Uh, One NL executive who picked the Dodgers for Otani believes their greatest competition will not come from another West Coast team, but rather a team that made headlines this week with its managerial hire. He doesn't seem to be given. He doesn't seem to be driven by the money. So I don't think it's just the dollars. That's when we're talking about Otani there. The, yeah. that, I think it's all about the fit for him. I think the Cubs will push hard for him. And then uh, Feinstein also said the Dodgers, Giants, Mets, Red Sox, Angels, Mariners, Rangers, and the Cubs are believed to be the top contenders to land Otani this offseason. So, listen, Nightingale says it. That's one thing. But when when someone else says it, like him, like Feinstein, I could – I, I can get up for it. I can start to actually believe. I won't. I can. I can. Like I, I'm just really. I think more so. I'm just happy to see the Cubs are even part of the conversation at this point. Like I, I want to dive it all the way in. I'm not yet, but I, I want to. Like it, I'm starting yeah. to feel like this is a real thing. Yeah, I mean, well, I think the same thing goes. Like, of course, the Cubs are going to be in on Shohei Otani, considering where they're at now. And when he came over from Japan last time, like they were one of like two maybe non-West Coast teams that were in on him, right? Right. Um, And we actually, like, you know, speaking of Jed Hoyer yesterday, um, he was asked just kind of the – he wasn't commenting on Sohei Otani right now, but he was asked about just like back then, um, you know, the the meetings that they had and and just the the stuff. And I think one of the things he said was that, like, you know, obviously Sohei Otani wanted to hit, and at the time there was no DH in the National League. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that – you know that that might have played a part in why he didn't want to go to the Cubs or just the National League team in general, um, was that he wanted to you know pitch and hit, and you know maybe teams weren't as willing to let him play in the field and pitch uh, on on different days. So um, now we got now the DH in the National League, so maybe that gives the Cubs a little bit of a leg up and and, and like it's like hey now that's not a a roadblock anymore, right? Um, right. I don't know. There's going to be again a lot of teams. And on Shohei Otani, he's the number one free agent for a reason. 
Um, I, I don't know how the injury and him not pitching next season, like I don't – it's still so unclear how that's going to affect his market. I don't even know if it's going to affect it that much. You know what I'm saying? Like it may – because he is – you know, I guess the idea is he'll be able to pitch after that, right, <laughs> once he's fully recovered. Um, so he will be able to be the – whoever signs him hope that he would be that two-way star again. Does that so then does that really affect his market like that much? It's gonna ding it somewhat at least, but like how much it really affects it, I don't know. But um, as far as the Cubs go, like yeah, he's he's a guy. Eventually, right, like a couple years, if he's back to pitching like an ace, like that would be great to have at the top of the rotation to pair with Justin Steele. But just to have the left-handed power, which is something we've talked about for like two or three seasons now, is the left-handed power. Um, on top of you've, on top of they've already lost Cody Bellinger and potentially have to re-sign him. But then you add you're adding Shohei Otani, who's the best lefty slugger in baseball. Like that's that fills a need just in itself. And then mm-hmm. you know, but again, I, I don't know what the market's going to look like. I don't know how much um, you know what the contract's going to look like. So if they if it gets to a level that seems uncomfortable for the Cubs, like I don't I don't know I don't know if they'd be willing to just keep raising and raising the bidding on Shohei Otani. Um, if it gets to a bad level, if it gets to a really, really high level, that that even to us looks like, oh, crap, I guess it's getting really high. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the reasons that I've been so like Bellinger's number one priority for me is the fact that I just like I want to dream about Otani coming to the Cubs, but I just refuse to let myself believe that it could actually happen. And now with what's happened these last two days, I'm starting to creep towards that. And so if it becomes a real thing and the Cubs can get Otani, then I then it actually, in some aspects, kind of makes sense that perhaps the Cubs would move Christopher Morel to first base next year if they, you know, if that's where they feel like he can be, you know, a, a, or at least use as a position, I guess. Um, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm still open to the, the possible trade of Juan Soto and all this stuff, but like with how things could potentially play out. I can get past not bringing Bellinger back if you're signing Shohei Otani. I can easily get past it. I just haven't fully believed that it actually could yeah. happen. I again, I just been just holding myself back from 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 dreaming about something like that uh, fully, you know. I yeah. there's always like like I always say, it's just like, you know, don't let me talk myself into it. And with these reports the last 2 days from Nightingale and now Fine Sand, it's like God, come on! Like, like this could this. <laughs> They're this talking be, you into it. Yeah, this. Well, this would be so huge for you know. No one talks about ownership being cheap and all this. The revenue they would make from Shohei yeah. Otani alone through hell the TV network from Marquee Sports Network with all the people in Japan that would probably be subscribing on top of all the Cubs fan base that just hasn't got it because the team hasn't been good enough for them. You're bringing in arguably, if not the best hitter in baseball to to the Cubs. Like that would that would create so much revenue for this organization, and you know, it, and it also would definitely put the Cubs in the running to at least be an NL Central Division title contender at the very least. So, um, and it would just like to be able to go to Wrigley Field. And watch Shohei Otani every for eighty games a year or whatever. Uh, that would truly, it would be a special thing to be able to do, considering the, the kind of player he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he would, it, it would, they would make so much money back in that investment that it's, it, I couldn't even tell you how much, like even estimate the kind of money that they can make back in that. Yeah, well, trust me, I, I'm, the Cubs are very much aware of like how big of a how much how much revenue he would bring in just on his star power alone in america and in japan like the cubs are are not naive to that fact um so i but i think every you know every again every team knows that too every team knows every team that's in on him knows how much uh or how big star power that he has in two different countries so um but i mean you're right like if the cubs bring him in not only is does that turn him or not only does that improve the roster tremendously just from the hitting side and, you know, in the future potentially from the pitching side, uh, but just, yeah, the, the money that he brings in from jersey sales, from people buying marquee sports network subscriptions, whatever it is, like that's that's going to 
that that's going to be huge. And like whatever mm-hmm. the price tag on Otani is, like it's eventually going to even out based on what he brings. So I I know the uh, like the luxury tax and that kind of stuff is obviously going to play a factor into it, um, and mm-hmm. and how much they're willing to go into it to get him, you know, AAV, all that type of stuff. But um, it it is very valid to point that like the money he's going to bring you just by having him on the roster is it's big it's big money and and teams know that for sure the cubs know that for sure this is this is for brendan when he reads it back but gary rock rose in the chat says otani would make me forget about eric sogard (laughs) (laughs) sorry he's he's gonna listen he's gonna listen he's gonna be so angry when he gets yeah yeah i i uh, find it the the chat is like it's been so uh you know, one way or the other, when it comes to like these potential Cubs, whether it's Otani or Yamamoto, Bellinger, Soto, uh, you know, he obviously he'd be via trade. Um, it is very interesting to get other people's opinions on it, um, just because it, it it's healthy, but to see other people's view on stuff. But I don't know. I you, I don't know how you can't want Shohei Otani on this team moving forward. Um, our, our friend, the godmother, Barb, she says, uh, you know, he's going to cost 500 million and then needs Tommy John surgery. Well, they've already said that he's going to be able to, to hit next year. So at least you have him as a DH next year. And the Cubs had DH problems all of last year. So, um, and then hopefully you're able to insert him into the rotation in 2025. So I, I, obviously you need a lot to right to go to, to happen there. But I mean, this guy's got not one, not two, but multiple years of just being are like, if not the best player in baseball, you know, top, top three at the very least. Yeah. Uh, and and if he's pitching, he could be two of the top players in baseball, right? Like yeah. in one person. So I, right. I'm with you, man. Like it would be, I would obviously be a, a big money risk, especially if you're giving him money, like, and the belief that he's going to pitch and pitch at a very high level again. Like, I think mm-hmm. that will factor into it. And obviously if um, he doesn't pitch again, or if he doesn't pitch at a high level again, like that, then you're looking at a very expensive while still an, an all-star slugger, a very expensive all-star slugger. If, if, if the pitching doesn't come back around. So that's a risk, right? But yeah. uh, he's the, he's the top player on the market for a reason right now. Right. And, and I still feel like, because this like people like kind of underrate this, like, He's an athlete. So if he can't go back to pitching, you can't tell me that you can't find a position for him down the road. You, you just, I, I, I just don't see how you couldn't. Um, so, again, if it happens, we'll talk about that one day, and I look forward to being able to talk about Shohei Otani as a Chicago Cub and if he's pitching or not. So I was going to say earlier when you, when you mentioned Luke not being here, I like – this popped in my head. I remember Nick Madrigal supporter. I don't remember where, oh, he, would, yeah. where he went. How could I forget about Nick Madrigal supporter Luke, in the YouTube channel? Luke, Luke would change his YouTube name to Shohei Otani supporter. Like that would be, <laughs> you see him popping up in the YouTube chat. He's yeah. Shohei Otani's number one Shohei Otani supporter. Yeah, number one. He, yeah, 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 for sure. That's who he is. <laughs> he literally has been talking about it since the, the moment CHGO Cubs started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's been ready yeah. for it. Right. So, yeah, no, those are like the two big rumors I've heard come out today um, from, you know, the national media. But uh, obviously, you know, and, and people point out in the chat, too, you know, they still have to make some of these smaller moves, too. And, you know, they got to like Shoy Otani isn't going to just instantly make them a World yeah. Series contender. They, they have to get better in the bullpen. I've seen a lot of people commenting on the bullpen. Um, they need, you know, maybe a a couple role players to to fill some spots you know if, if you don't if you, if they don't get Yamamoto they still got to f- figure out the pitching right like you're probably not bringing Marcus Stroman back you gotta you gotta fix that hole um if it's not from within which at this point I, I don't think it will be on opening day at least so they have to they have to figure that out and yeah so obviously there is more that they have to do but when you're talking about the big fish it's just exciting to see the Cubs are part of literally all of the conversation all of it and it's 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 actually very very refreshing so yeah. um considering what the last couple off seasons have been i mean even i guess even last season you know the shortstop marker right the cubs mm-hmm. were in on that even though they weren't planning on going in to win it was still like exciting to see and just read rumors or talk to people and 
and hear these things about the Cubs are talking to all these shortstops. The Cubs had this meeting with this shortstop, whatever. And they ended up with, with one of them, right? They got Andrew Swanson. I, I th- mm-hmm. Like that was a pretty exciting time, obviously, um, mm-hmm. considering what the last, obviously 2021 and, and, you know, 2022 had been even yeah, even 2022, right? Like the say, the say Suzuki kind of market, right? That was fun to follow and, and to see, but like now, it's not just one player at a time. Like now it's like every single player is talking to the Cubs is what it feels like. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like it's, it's just obviously for fans, it's an exciting time for me. It's exciting because, you know, I'm talking to people at GM meetings and, and, and just hearing different things. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's again, it's going to be a process, right? So going to probably be a while until we start to see some of these dominoes fall. But when they do, it's going to be a pretty, pretty crazy time i'm looking forward to that for sure yeah absolutely i saw uh the guy our guy the godfather colada saying uh, i think he said something about uh pitching being the number one his number one priority or whatever and then um i see uh evil wax said think hater might not be an option but who else do you guys want to see as a closer and yeah i mean the closer position is a very interesting one because it's like yeah you'd love to go an opening day with like a bona fide closer like nate like one that's named and not go like do what they've done these last few off seasons where or not off seasons but you know beginning of the season and you're going in with like a not named closer but you eventually you see the same guy out there every time Mm -hmm. i would like for them to have someone that's like that's the guy i just i am intrigued to to know like I, w- I would love to be a fly on the wall in there, you know, in those conversations with Jed on what he thinks in terms of trying to fix that. Cause I just don't think they're going to spend big money on a closer, not with like where the payroll's at and with like the other improvements they need. And again, like when you talk, you can talk about the 2016 Cubs, like they didn't have a closer until after the trade deadline when they traded for Chapman I'm not saying that the position isn't important, but I am saying that um, it's in some aspects, it's not the most important thing. You got to have bullpen guys that are good that can even get you to that guy. You know, I I don't know. I I lean to believe that they're going to do the same type of things that they've done with the bullpen the last few years. Um, Not saying they're just going to bring in some no-name dudes that – you you hope that they can you know unlock or whatever but i think they could bring in some 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 bullpen guys that are experienced and have pitched well in recent years but i just don't see them bringing in a a big big name closer at all i i think they are still going to try and develop that guy run it back with alzale perhaps as that closer I, that's just that's just how I feel, and I, I understand that that's probably not going to make people happy in the YouTube chat. But I'm just that's just how I feel that they think. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, I like a Josh Hader doesn't. I don't see that happening. If it does, like that's you're bringing in a really good closer, obviously. But I, I like the kind of money he's probably going to command. I, like we see Jed, like we've, we've seen what Jed's done over the last few years, and for the most part, it's been it's been good, right? He's he's mm-hmm. built solid bullpens out of bringing in, you know, undervalued or underappreciated relievers on the market um, and, and putting them in the pitch lab or letting Tommy Hadovy and those guys work with them and, and, and getting some good stuff. Like this year, I, I wouldn't even say it was a step back because, you know, it like that doing that, that method always came with risks. But I don't see him going the opposite direction and spending a lot of money on the bullpen. Um, yeah, I, I do think like Adbert, Adbert, before he got hurt was on a great run. I think he blew his like last two save opportunities maybe. Um, but he, uh, we had, I've talked about it. He had, it was like 22 out of 23 saves to start like the season before those last two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think it could be, I mean, and this is like, I, this is not reporting or anything. It's just me kind of thinking of ideas for that. Like what if they went with advert to start the year, right? Go, go through. And obviously you know, you got to see if Adbert performs the second year as a closer, right? What if you get to a point where, you know, Adbert isn't exactly an elite closer, but he's been fine, but you get closer to the trade deadline and a closer becomes available, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe, not not saying it's an enrolled as Chapman type trade like 2016, but 
Like, what if they get there and it's a, and it's a, okay, like we can upgrade the closer position and have Adbert still there too as well while we're making a, a run to the playoffs kind of thing, right? Like, that's an idea that popped in my head, and I'm like, I, I don't think that's the worst idea. I think Adbert was fine as a closer. He may not be elite-level closer, but he did a solid – he did a really good performance last season at, once he got that closer's job. And um, I'm not saying they have to go in next season with, with him as their opening day closer, but I also don't think that's like a worst-case scenario thing either. I think that's a fine option um, if that's where they get to. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, they just have to you know build out the rest of the bullpen. And it's easy enough for us to say they got to be right on some of those veteran guys that they'll bring in, but they just get, they got to be right on them. Right. They got to, yeah. they got to, they got to hit on them because, you know, Fulmer, like he was supposed to be the closer. Didn't work out. He, he was able to be a more high leverage guy. Uh, but obviously eventually that didn't work out because he got hurt at the end. Uh, Brad right. Boxberger was just hurt the whole year. Like those are the two veteran guys and mixed to bad results for, for the both of them. So, uh, they, again, easy enough for us to say they got a hit on those, but mm-hmm. they got a hit on them. Absolutely. They do. Uh, you know, whoever they bring in to fix the bullpen, uh, you know, for them to stay healthy, they need to start eating he- hero bread, Ryan. Sorry, say that again. I was reading the chat. I, I, was, <laughs> I just get, I thought I gave you a great transition. I, I was, I, I was I, saying that, you know, whoever they bring in to fix the bullpen, they better start eating hero bread. That way they stay on the field because it's, it's great for your, your overall ha- wellness and, and stuff. Sorry, the chat was distracting me when you did that. It was a great transition, but you know, what's even greater than that transition is hero bread. Um, <laughs> uh, did, why why do we start using hero bread cody uh because it's really good for like i said for our overall health and wellness uh they you know it's it's soft and fluffy it's delicious tasty flavorful um you know high in fiber ultra low yeah. net carbs i mean i could keep going ryan yeah like you need a low carb option to fit your lifestyle or dietary constraints founder cole glass baked 100 muffins per day before he found the perfect blend that fit his allergy constraints. That's what pushed him to start Hero Bread. This bread is soft, fluffy, and delicious, tasty, flavorful, scrumptious. Uh, got primary nutritional interest, high fiber, ultra low net carbs, uh, zero grams of sugar per slice. Um, if you want to use our discount code for the first purchase, that's CHGO for 10% off at Hero.co. Hero makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available on Hero.co and Amazon. Secondary nutrition, fewer calories than the leading national brand, 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Right now, Hero Bread is offering the CHGO fam 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use our code CHGO to save on Hero Bread today. That's Hero.co to save 10% today today uh you know better next time yeah you're all good you know (laughs) we're 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 like on the fly here with no luke stuckmeyer it's big big of us and credit to us for still finding a way to do the show the show show goes off the rails without luke stuckmeyer it does it absolutely does uh you know what else goes off the rails it's uh brewers fans at miller park you know urinating on their concourse and which because of that they they need new flooring at, at at miller park in my opinion maybe they could get that fixed with empire today all right you get to shop at home can you can you get shop at home convenience the right product for your needs quick and professional installation and a low price guarantee empire today is the best place to get new flooring so of course they have copycats but they can't beat us on quality service speed so they advertise low quality products that they simply won't carry they won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs they keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection their philosophy is to help you find what you need not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes what they leave out of their of our selection is as important as what they put in empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles their virtual floor designer is the be- is a great way to see how new floors will look in any space is easy just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room shopping for floors at a big box store can be frustrating you might talk to someone today who was working in plumbing yesterday flooring is all empire today 
does. They live and breathe flooring. So you can be confident you're getting honest, upfront advice. They pride themselves on convenient shop at home service. They help customers shop for floors where they use their floors so they they can see exactly what their new floors will look like in their homes, lighting and decor, so they can make an informed decision. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. Um, Wonderful. I, I went with like the, the the flooring thing with the Brewers and Miller Park because in the second segment, I wanted to talk about Milwaukee because um, it's kind of came out today that perhaps they could be selling some pieces now that, uh, you know, they've lost their GM who went to the Mets. Obviously, Craig Council is a Chicago Cubs manager now. Uh, emphasize he left the Brewers to go to the Cubs. Um, and they got some guys coming up. Uh, at the like at the end of 2024, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and I think Willie Adamas, and then uh, Devin Williams, his contract or his control with the Brewers is up in 2025. So they're kind of in this like weird position. I, in some aspects, I kind of feel bad for Brewers fans because I've just I've 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 I, I I'm getting kind of like flashbacks to this feels very 2021 or pre 2021 Cubs for me uh, with uh, what they got coming up here this season. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do this off season, but, uh, Ken Rosenthal reported today, uh, this is from his article in the, from the athletic executives at this time of the year, are always careful to tell reporters they are fielding calls on their players rather than shopping them. In that sense, the brewers would say they are acting no differently than any club, but industry sources tell a different story. Those sources, briefed on the Brewers' discussions but not authorized to discuss them publicly, say the team is open to moving virtually any player on its roster uh, this winter. So I am uh, curious. I mean, I could sit here and dream about Corbin Burns coming to the to the Brewers, but I don't think Milwaukee is going to be, unless the Cubs sent a absolute haul for Corbin Burns, um, I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I, I think for the division – for when you want to talk about the Cubs competing for the NL Central uh, next season, um, I think it's huge news that the Brewers could potentially be selling off pieces. Yeah, I mean, I think 2024 was kind of looked at as like a last kind of hurrah season for them unless they, you know, retooled a little bit. Right. Um, but now, I mean, what, Woodruff, is he missing all of next season or just like most of it? Something so. like that, right? I think it's, like, it's at least most of it. Most of yeah. it. He won't be around for a while. Um, and obviously, Craig Council has just become the manager of the Cubs. Um, so, like, it's not like a, a total surprise, right? It feels like they had a great run, obviously. Like, as much as you hate to admit it, Cody, like, five, playoffs five it. times in six years. Five times yeah. in six years is a very good run for, for a team that had only made it like four times to the playoffs mm-hmm. in their entire history prior to that. Um, and, you know, Craig Council is a big part of that. That starting rotation was a good part of that. Christian Yelich was a good part of that for a while, um, but now it's kind of it's kind of felt like to this point, you lose Brandon Woodruff, you know Corbin Burns and his his relationship with the Brewers kind of soured after that arbitration uh, uh, this past off season. Um, you know, things didn't look like they were on an upward trajectory for the Brewers, in my opinion. So. It's not a, a big surprise. It, it remains to be seen what exactly they do. Like they still have to hire a manager, right, and, and see what they do with that. Um, but I can't, you know, considering who's going to be free agents coming up, uh, and just what the attrition might look like for the roster the next couple seasons. Like, even if it's a retool, like I, 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 running it back with this team again is going to be is going to be tough. So. Um, maybe a smaller rebuild or something like that is in the store for the Brewers before they try to figure something out. But, um, yeah, uh, considering uh, Ken Rosenthal's reporting that they're ready to listen on virtually anyone on the roster, that's a pretty big signal that, like, the Brewers aren't – like, the Brewers may not be the favorites to win the NL Central anymore. Like, I yeah. think – I, I, and that's for for Cubs fans. That's like music to the Cubs ears, Cubs fans ears, right? Because like the, they've been doing they've been doing it for a while. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's a for a Cubs team looking to come up, right? And you have the Brewers and the Pirates kind of right behind them, or even at their level as far as like 
their trajectory. The Cardinals are trying to retool and figure their stuff out. There's there's good teams in this, or there's going to be good teams in this division, especially when you consider how many good farm systems are in this division. Yeah. Is everyone going to be big spenders? No, but everyone's going to have good players coming up for the most part. So the Cubs, like th- this may be the time, like, like knowing the Brewers are – starting to potentially come down, this may be the time for the Cubs to take back the division and, and try to hold it for a while, you know? Yeah. No, I, you know, I said this uh, towards the end of the year in season that I felt like the NL Central going into 2024 could take a huge step in terms of, I, I don't know, getting some respect from around the league in terms of the teams being better, maybe a more competitive division. Um, I don't think the Cardinals are going to lose 90 games again. Um you know, the Reds that with all the young talent that they have, the big question remains is will they spend? Will they fix their pitching? Will Hunter Green finally turn into the ace that they drafted and, you know, become that guy? I think there's a high ceiling from it for him. Um, but obviously, you know, they they still have a ton of holes. You know, they they fell apart in, in September as well. Uh, the Pirates are a team that I that kind of low key scare me. I feel like they could be a lot like the Cubs this year, next year, um, you know, O'Neill Cruz was out the entire year, uh, you know. But the thing is, is like, will they will they spend? Um, will like that's all between the Reds and the Pirates, and I guess you can throw in Milwaukee for most of their history. It's like, will they ever go try and go over the top to make their team a real contender? And they just never do. Um, so that leaves the Cardinals and and the Cubs to me. And like I. I just refuse to believe that the Cardinals are going to be that bad again next year. You know, they're rumored to be out there trying to, they want to add like three starting pitchers, two via free agency, maybe one for via a trade. Um, And they still have a ton of young talent. I just think that they're too good of an organization. I can't believe I'm saying that to uh, be that bad again. So I, that I kind of think it just kind of adds to my, my point on how the, I feel like the, the Cubs need to just go not necessarily go completely above and beyond like the Padres and Mets, but they, they need to make, they need to make a statement this off season. And whether it's, you know, we're talking about Otani or Yamamoto uh, or bringing back Bellinger, whatever they, they, they gotta, they gotta act big because they're the only team in this division that has the kind of money that a lot of these other big market teams do. And you just don't ever see the other four teams, uh you know spend like the cubs have in the past and uh with the cubs having a farm system that they have now kind of like you hinted earlier you know with the fact that they have the kind of resources they have it 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 should theoretically put them over the top of any other team in this division it's just that's just what it should be yeah i mean that you're talking about the money and that's that's the biggest difference maker between the cubs and the rest of the division is that like I don't remember was it MLB.com's like team rankings that had like four of the central teams, you know, in like the top seven or something like that. Like that, there's yeah. a good farm system all throughout this division. But like you said, it's like what makes the difference is the Cubs have resources that this other the other four teams just don't. Right, the other yeah. four like Milwaukee's the smallest market in baseball. Um, the other teams aren't aren't that much bigger, right? Like the Cubs have the resources, the market, like all that stuff. They have that, that's what they hold over these other teams. So they've they've gotten the farm system to a level where they it's at the level of the rest of the teams in the division, or even better than some of them. Mm. And they have money to they have money to spend and just resources in general that, that other teams don't have. I think that's the biggest difference maker. So if like you said, if the Cubs decide to go and make a statement this offseason, like they can because they have the ability to do that with their financial flexibility and their resources. And yeah, uh, not saying they have to get to the level of where Atlanta and, and the Dodgers are right now in one offseason because that's very hard to do. And as we've seen with the Mets and the Padres, like that's not it doesn't always work out. It's not a guarantee if you just spend all the money, but they can make some bigger moves to really improve this roster at a time when the division is in flux and you don't know who's going to be the favorite to win the division next season. So I yeah. think that's that's a point where. Do the Cubs absolutely need to be World Series contenders on opening day? I mean, that would be cool, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be possible, or it doesn't have to be reality, right? But should they be pretty solid, or could they be pretty solid NL Central favorites on opening day? I don't see why that's not a possibility. So they have they have that ability to do that this offseason if they make the right moves 
uh, and you know decide to spend the money when it where it's needed. Yeah, and that, I mean that's a big reason why I brought up the the Brewers story that came out there because if they you know sell some pieces, if they trade Burns and they already aren't going to have Woodruff next year, um, you know they're they're going to be taking a huge step back in, in, in my opinion. Um, you know unless you know. The, the 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 magic of some of their young players that we just have never heard of that somehow do somehow play well like continues you know I, I don't know but they it just seems like they are on the back end of like their era like you, whatever you want to call their era and the Cubs need to take advantage they they absolutely need to take advantage if that is the case I and you know. I don't think Milwaukee's going to trade Corbin Burns to the Cubs no matter what. It, no, I think the Cubs would. The Cubs would have to absolutely just automatically blow them the away. Trade. They would have they, to, they to blow them away with an offer to get that. Like they would have to probably send Horton and like and something like that. Just even though even though there's only one year left, be, I think it's just simply just because it's a division rival. Yeah, and we just took Craig Council from them. Like yeah. they they would have to literally be blown away by it. And yeah, I think Cubs without. Were, I think without the Craig Council thing, it would have been hard anyway. But now that Craig yeah. Council, they, they they went and got Craig Council out from underneath the Brewers and really the Mets and, and some other yeah. teams. Like after that, it's it's probably going to make it harder for that front office to want to deal with the Cubs, right. especially one of their best pitchers. Exactly. So, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, a guy can dream, but if there was one guy on their roster that I would love to have on the Cubs next year is Corbin Burns. But yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, all right, so there's that. What's uh, you know, we got Thursday night football tonight, and um, we have our we're doing a watch party with our good friends over at Circus oh, yeah. Sportsbook. It's gonna be at Joe's on Weed, uh, which is in Lincoln Park. Uh, we had our draft party there, our uh, CSU Bears draft uh, NFL draft party uh, there, or like back in what April. Great, great place to do like concerts and stuff. Uh, food's good. Obviously, there's going to be Goose Island there. It's uh, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, I saw Gary in the chat. I know he's going to be at the tailgate today. I'm sure he's going to be at uh, at Joe's on Weed as well for the watch party. So I uh, look forward to seeing uh, anyone who's there uh, at the tailgate going to the watch party. Uh, thanks to our friends at Circa. Uh, there's three reasons why I love Circa. All right. The, the tight money line splits is one. The games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circus Sports menu, unlike other sports books, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split. Circus Sports keeps as little money as possible on large market bets, especially compared to other books. Uh, Circus Sports does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. So if you won... 330 some dollars on a parlay like I did last night. Circa is not going to take away, uh, you know, your opportunity for, uh, you know, some some, you know, boosts or, or, you know, good things that they try to help you win more money on. Right. Uh, that's why they encourage betters to develop and explore all sports betting apps available. That way you can just see how great Circa is. Uh, and also be able to compare the lines from each sports book. And finally, their customer service is second to none. It's it's awesome. There are real people behind the Circa Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chatbots. All aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sports book at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois-app. To sign up today, also be on the lookout for circuit events like the one we have tonight, watch parties and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, text GAMB to 833234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Wonderful, wonderful. What else you got for me, Cody? Uh, I need you to tell me yeah. about your experience at Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, Ryan. It was. I heard it was great. <laughs> no. No, you need me to do it. Okay. Uh, are you? Are you? Okay. Yeah. I was there, so I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna ask everyone in chat if if you're in the market for a new vehicle. If if you are, then you have. We have some really great news for you. Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake have just joined the CHO team at Ray. 
CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. And right now, during Ram Power Days at Ray CDJR, only in Fox Lake, you'll be able to secure 0% financing or 17% off new Ram models. But that's not all. Explore their newly renovated showroom and take advantage of limited time seven-year anniversary savings. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, when you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, because they are the only team we recommend, visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com today, serving the community since 1963. I'm assuming that your app, like, I, I mean, I thought we discussed that you were going to read that one, but hey, we picked it up. Uh, yeah, uh, I, do you, I, I'm, I'm at the GM meetings right now, Cody. Do you have any other questions? Um, anything you want to know about what's what's been going on over here? Uh, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I have one thing left. I was just oh. going to bring up the fact that Jason Benetti uh, has not has, has left the White Sox has left oh. the White Sox and is going to the Tigers to be their their play by play guy and. It's a very shocking news, and uh, yeah, I, I I I couldn't believe it to be honest with you, Ryan. Yeah, I couldn't either. I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess I'm not like following, like, oh, hey, look who we have. There I'm not following uh, um, <laughs> broadcast free or the broadcast market, but uh, um, no, it was shocking news. I know he's very loved on the south side and a very good broadcaster like i mostly see him on like the national broadcast but uh very good broadcaster and i guess might as well ask the number one nick madrigal hater um <laughs> about his feelings about jace Burnett. i have a lot of feelings mainly cody what does oh it, i always do that wrong whenever I, you're supposed to what does this sh- say uh chco cubs podcast okay yeah. all right he left the White Sox. He's going to the Tigers. This does not concern you. Yeah, I know, but like it's it it's news. Like it was surprising stuff. Like I I don't know. I I I honestly I thought actually this was just my ploy to try and get you on the show, Sean. Oh well, I appreciate it. I've just been hanging out. It's been a great show. I, I I've loved listening it and to it, and I love when Ryan's like, "Hey, do you have any questions?" You're like, "No, no. <laughs> nothing." No. Ryan, are you sick? Do you feel okay? No, I feel I feel perfectly fine. Haven't I told Cody this earlier? I haven't made any trips to the toilet for things coming out of either side, so I'm I'm feeling good. Uh, but actually, I was gonna say, Sean, it does it does concern Cody a bit because the the statement said that Len Casper is gonna remain on the radio, who is a former Cubs broadcaster. So there's that's a good there's your that's Cubs a good spin zone. There's your there's spin your Cubs zone. connection. Well, and I think the Cubs connection, too, is just this is Craig Council, but just broadcasting. I mean, but honestly, worse. Like, this is like if the Brewers got Boog, which I don't think, you know, you got. It's like that wouldn't bother. It's like if the Brewers got Pat Hughes and maybe that's a little bit too hefty. because Pat Hughes has had a lot more time with the Cubs than Benetti has with the White Sox. But like, this is ridiculous. How do you let him if Benetti was leaving, it was going to be for a national job, not the Tigers job, not the same job within the division. This is pathetic beyond belief. I got a show at two o'clock, whatever. Uh, but I mean, this is just sickening. Um, I'm not going to go to who, what, what, what's Homer Flosswood and paint, uh, you know, spray paint ass on it. Uh, just like the lovely Milwaukeeans. Uh, but oh boy, am I frustrated. And I, and I might go do it at 35th and Shields. <laughs> well, well, we'll let you save that for the sock show. I'm actually curious, Sean, from the opposite side of town, having gone through a you know a managerial hire process last season. What did you think of the Craig Council news on Monday, and just what we've seen come out the last couple of days? I mean, what I've seen in the past couple of days, and obviously no moves have been made. Right. So the White Sox could be still acquiring Otani. So, you know, uh, never say never. Uh, But (laughs) it does seem if the Cubs are truly going for it, that this is a move that absolutely signals that. um, And everything surrounding the Cubs has been extremely positive about how aggressive they're being. Um, So 
what was the question again, Ryan? Um, How, what did just, you think of all that from a Sox I, fan perspective? Just, what? Okay. How I was trying to connect it was it seemed like the White Sox are always constrained by their budget. And it, it can't be difficult, right? It can't be them changing the status quo. What I think the best move for the White Sox was last year was to go out and get uh, Joe Espada from the uh, Astros. And it was rumored that they were incredibly interested in him, uh, but that he wanted to bring out a bigger staff and, you know, that would be more money. So goodbye. That's that's way too uh, big of an idea for us. You can't start spending money here, Joe Espada. You don't have the job. Um, so, yeah, it just seemed like they knew Craig Council could do the job that was needed. Um, the Cubs seem like a serious organization. And I know that Cody last year, you, after the season ended, uh, Tom sent out an email, mass email uh, to the fans. And you were like kind of pissy about it. And I responded and I'm like, the only thing White Sox fans get are ticket sales emails. There's no <laughs> statement from the chairman. There's no statement from whoever. It is just buy tickets and no one's buying tickets. No one's watching games. This move does not make sense. Uh, at least the Benetti one and the, the manager thing is just a symbol of what the White Sox or at least what White Sox fans are sick of is the fact that Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't seem to be an actual serious manager. And at least with Tom, them going out and getting uh, Craig Council, they knew who they wanted. They weren't going to mess around. They said, you want $40 million? Cool. Let's do it. Sign on the yeah. line. Yeah. I, I, I definitely had my, my, my complaints about the Ricketts family, but I, I have always realized that they're a better ownership group than, than, the, than Jerry. I am a Bulls fan, so I, I understand how Jerry <laughs> works. Uh, so, yeah, no, I – I, I guess the Benetti stuff, one of the reasons I've wanted to bring it up was just because like, it was just so shocking. Like I couldn't believe that, like the, the, they let the hometown guy, he's a White Sox fan. Like they didn't find a way to get him, get him, get him back or whatever. Like I, I, I just couldn't believe it. So I, I feel bad for, for you, my friend today. Big of me well, to say. And right. Benetti said that it's like, uh, when they were uh, negotiating a contract last year, he felt like he was a player in arbitration yeah. uh, with, you know, oh, wow. negotiating a contract. That doesn't sound fun. Uh, you know, <laughs> so it seems like it's very easy where the Tigers probably did the Craig Council thing and said, hey, we want this guy. We know he's a professional. We know he's under 40 and can relate to a modern day uh, baseball fan. Let's not F around and let's go sign him to a real deal. And, you know, he probably said, thank God. And, wow. you know, took that quick trip up to Detroit. So, um, Ryan, I, I have one question and we'll, when we'll get you out of here. Um, is this the first time Jed's speaking? No? No. He's, he's, he's spoken throughout the week. Okay. Has a big emphasis from him been pitching? Because it seems like that's like an MLB emphasis. And I, I'm trying to figure out if the White Sox should trade Dylan sees if everyone's interested in pitching. <laughs> um, I, I know he has uh... – he has – I mean, pitching is always a, a priority, right? Like he, he says it all the time that you can never have enough pitching. You you always want more good pitching and more good pitching. You can never, you, you think you have depth, and then you end up not really having the depth that you thought you did. Um, but I think specifically what he's been asked about uh, bullpen-wise uh, is, is – he, he says there's a high priority on fixing the bullpen, which is something me and Cody have chatted about earlier in the show, that just like the bullpen was not – to the standards that had seemed to be the last couple of years prior um, where it felt like one of their strengths for majority of the season, like this season, it didn't feel that way the whole time uh, for, for a good major for a good chunk of it. It did. Right. Like during that summer, it did. But, um, you know, it just did not live up to what the Cubs obviously hoped. So uh, as far as the bullpen goes, I think Jed has said that there's going to be, you know, a high priority placed on fixing it and, and getting the right arms and, and doing, you know, uh, better developing some of the younger younger arms in the system to come up and be able to help in relief. Um, as far as starting pitching goes, we have not heard anything about the Cubs trading for Dylan Cease, but um, <laughs> that's that, that. I mean, that's not that's not not a possibility, right? Like it, that's also a possibility anywhere. So we'll hey, see. I, I like to play on uh, baseball trade values, and you know that website's the Bible. So if it says that a trade is workable, uh, I can send that to Chris Getz, and then he could call up Jed Hoyer, and they can make a deal. What would you say, Jackson Ferris? And I know the last time you saw this guy, your new first baseman, Christopher Morrell, hit a homer off of him. But Jackson Ferris for Gregory Santos. Who says no? 
Mm, I mean, I, I, I think the Cubs I, say no. I think the Cubs say no. However, it's not that I don't think Santos is intriguing. He he did look pretty good uh, in the game before. That was one game that I watched Gregory Santos right. pitch. But <laughs> yeah, he was really good, right? You should you should do the trade. You should do the trade. I think it's a good trade. I think it's a I, trade. I, if there's a White Sox player that I would love the Cubs to have, it's actually Aaron Bummer. So yeah. Ooh, oh yeah. Jackson Ferris for Aaron Bummer. Deal. Let's do it. I'll, I'll, nah, nah. It's a very easy drive from 35th and Shields to uh, Ashland. Or where, where is it? Waveland and whatever. Waveland and Addison. 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 Yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, okay. Uh, for the people in the chat, this is Sean Anderson from CHO White Sox. Um, and we admittedly coming out made him sit in our, in our green room or whatever you want to call it for the entire hour because – we thought Ryan might have we had pulled a prank. We, 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 <laughs> you can say we pulled a prank, but we also thought that maybe Ryan would have had to go because Jed Hoyer is supposed to talk here in the next few minutes or something. And yeah, he didn't end up having to go. So, Sean, we made you sit here for a whole hour and listen to us talk about the Cubs. It was great. Got you guys you, did a Sean. great job. We got ah. you. Uh, you guys got me. If you ever, uh, if if you ever need us to, I guess, sit in in the background, and if, and if you need a, a Cubs guy, I guess I can I can offer my service. I think if anything, we're probably gonna lean to invite Ryan. No, no offense, just because I think Vinny would appreciate the Mizzou connection. That's fair. So that's so that's, that's, that's Mizzou. Yeah, that's the only reason. But I mean, honestly, the flip side, if Vinny's out, then I mean, you, you're the guy to go to because then Herb's the Illini guy. So, ah, yeah, I mean, Fair you enough. guys are very versatile. And then, I mean, no one wants Stucky. So <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you guys definitely don't want Stucky. Stucky's Stucky's the, the Sox hater of this show. He's always sure. sick. And he's sick. Yes. And he's always sick. <laughs> Get him away from me. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's today's show. Corey and Brennan are tomorrow at 120, not live, Barb. Will not be live, but their show will be up uh, on, at 120 on our CSU Sports YouTube channel. Corey and Brennan. Um, me, Ryan, and Luke will be back on Monday unless there's like some kind of crazy news that drops, like the Cubs sign Otani. will definitely be available almost immediately if they sign Otani um, over the weekend. But yeah. Brian, Can I give so a real, shout out? Yeah, yeah well, I was going to say real quick, Cody, do you want to tell us about Goose Island beer real quick? Ah, crap. I totally forgot about those ads. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> uh, I'm just all over the place. I blame Luke for not being here. Uh, Goose Island Beer Company is uh, the official beer of CHGO. It's Chicago's beer since 1988. Uh, they have the Oktoberfest, the Beer Hug Family, which is one of one of my favorites, that tropical 9.9% one. Uh, there'll be plenty of people drinking that at the Bears tailgate today. Uh, they got the 312, and then, of course, the Full Pocket Pilsner, which is my favorite any time of the year. Uh, like I said, we got the Bears tailgate today where there'll be plenty of Goose Island uh, and all kinds of events that we have with the Bulls and the Blackhawks uh, this winter coming up. So... Shout out to Goose Island. Grab Ultra Fresh Brewery exclu- exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. Cody, what shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing the Skyline shirt. Oh, wow. Look, and if you go to chgolocker.com, you can go see the CHGO Skyline shirt. You can also see the hats are here. Uh, you can get the dad hat like I'm wearing. And we also got three uh, different flat brim styles. I think uh, one of them is like a, the, the the white one's like a golf hat. That's a, like mm-hmm. a snapback. Um, the, those, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the dad hat guy. You know, I, yeah. I don't really stray away from the style. So the other ones don't really interest me, but I know Herb ordered like every single one of them. Uh, so go check out the hats at chgolocker.com. Uh, and two, her, uh, not, I was going to call you Herb, Cody. Uh, today you mentioned the tailgate uh x golf is going to be giving away a 200 gift certificate to any of their chicagoland locations for the final tailgate today find the nearest x golf near you at playxgolf.com slash chicagoland um, i'm not sure if we have any more tickets for the tailgate but check out uh, allchgo.com slash events for tickets diehards get 20 percent off uh, the event and when you sign up you get a t-shirt and a nice box of uh, stuff you level up your fandom you get sticker and a, a nice little card as well shout out to barb in the chat i know she's your guys's favorite uh she's calling me the bum of the week and that's fantastic because uh les <laughs> was my guy and i used to produce that show and uh 
you know, I mean, Barb, I, I appreciate that you just think that this is a Cubs channel only. <laughs> yeah, Barb. Uh, yeah, she is. Uh, she's a national treasure. I think that's a that's a good good way to explain it. A national treasure is a great way. There you go. She's a national treasure. Um, is there anything else, Ryan? Before no, we, we go. let you go, we're good. Let's do it. All right. Have fun with Otani. Uh, yes. Again, we'll do emergency podcast if something crazy happens over the weekend. Otherwise, me, me, and Ryan will see everyone on Monday with Luke uh, and Corey and Brendan tomorrow at one twenty. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa.